Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 145th edition of the Four Corners podcast starts right now. Black holding high, goes to Darty. Darty in the double team, gives it back to Black with 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Rebounded by Weber. Michigan out of timeout. Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout, they're out of timeout. Technical foul, technical foul on Michigan. Ed Corbett says he can run the baseline, hands in the ball. Brown gets it into Williams. Here comes Williams front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to him. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Matthews off the mark. And this year, the confetti is going to fall for North Carolina. They're not going to be denied this time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys today. We're going to talk about how Carolina, how Hubert Davis can expand their rotation ahead of the 2022-23 season, which is less than 40 days away. So we're going to talk through that. We also have some closing notes, an update on live action with Carolina basketball, Um, a new member of the Tar Heel basketball team, as well as game times and networks being announced. But before we do any of that, we start every edition of the pod, as we always do, with our pod thought of the day, which is brought to you by Raycon. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better. Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, even some NFL and college football games while I'm at work, and it's been great. One reason why is because I use my Raycon wireless hair buds to do so. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable, and they will not budge. You can trust a guy like me. Raycon's give you eight hours of playtime and even a 32-hour battery life. Raycon's are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. One of the things that I like the most are the, the customizable sound profiles, the earbud tap function so I can you know flip through a song or skip ahead of my podcast, even the noise isolation thing. I can't hear my neighbors or even my roommates when I'm at home with my earbuds in. And this not all. Because the earbuds are so great, I even went ahead and got a pair of headphones for my job at the radio station. So I hear my host a whole lot clearer. And even when I want to kind of tune them out, I can sometimes do that as well. Go to buyraycon.com today and use the promo code 
TBPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's promo code TBPN at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code TBPN15. Really hope you guys have used the the Raycon um, code to get over to Raycon and and get you some great audio hardware for for half the price. It's really benefited Anthony and I during our our podcast walk and even our our, our daily walk as we are producers and the radio medium. Let's get to that pod thought of the day, and we go to the goat, that being Michael Jordan. Mike was once quoted as saying, my attitude is that if you push me towards something that you think is a weakness, then I will turn that perceived weakness into a strength. And, you know, this is really what I think about when, when people push me to eat more fast food. Like, it, may, it may be a weakness for some, but for me it's a strength. No. Because my body without fast food, it doesn't function well. Well, that's... That's a real issue. <laughs> Let me tell you about something called addiction. <laughs> that's now. Yeah, that's I look, if you want to if you want to use it in that walk of life great. Um I choose to use it in my work life. Um some things are a weakness for others. Some people can't press buttons for a living. <laughs> I do press buttons for Some a people can't adjust the volume of a microphone. We look, can. some some people some people cannot uh you know stand up correctly to get the blood flow going back in their legs after their rear end has gone numb i can some radio host can't get out on break on time here we go those of us in the podcast world we can you know sure okay we we look we cannot say that because we are not technically on any sort of clock we kind of just go for we weren't on a break we kind of just go for as long as we want. <laughs> that sounded weird, um, but uh, yeah, we 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 don't have a clock that we have to meet. Now, if we did have to meet a clock, um, I would definitely be the one that would be screwing that yes, up. Yes, there's definitely. no there's no doubt about that. Um, mostly because I carry the show. I thought it was because you just oh you know to hear, to hear yourself. That talk. took a that took a turn right there. But, no, that's that's you. Apparently. Sometimes. It, it, okay, really, it yeah. really depends on the topic. If I sound really smart, which is virtually every topic. Here we go. Then there are times where I will just talk an extra minute or two because I love hearing my, my voice. Yeah, settle down over there, big head. Um, but there there is your pod thought of the day, of course, brought to you by Raycon. The biggest discussion topic around this program after the, the, the they, they lost in the national title game and everybody came back was how does Carolina get deeper? Because it was something that they just weren't they weren't very deep last year. And I think we I think we entered last year thinking they were going to be deeper because I thought we expected more from Dawson Garcia. I thought you expected more from Justin McCoy. And we heard a lot of big things about the the incoming freshman DeMarco Don and Dontre Styles to lead us to believe that they were going to be a deeper ish basketball team. Well yes <laughs> Dunn, ah, I don't know. I think we knew Dunn was going to take time to develop. I think Styles, yes, but also we we knew that was an element. We knew that was it was possible that he would not be that guy. The thing that hurt them the most last year 
were really, really two guys. One you mentioned, Dawson Garcia, and look, that that was an, an unbelievable amount of unfortunate events that mm-hmm. happened to him. He picks up the concussion that sets him back. Then he returns, and then you have the issue that he had off the court with his family. And, I mean, that one was was definitely understandable. The other one that really hurt them, and people probably honestly forgot about this, was remember how big Anthony Harris was early in the year for Carolina. And then he goes out with the academic restrictions. So uh, those two, I think, really sort of changed the course of what Carolina was doing because, one, I think then, then you had to reassess the roster you had a stretch where some guys that we just talked about were playing more than they probably should have and got into some early bad habits. And I think towards the end of the year, that kind of lent you to an area where you could, you felt like you couldn't trust certain guys. And really it was just that everybody was kind of inconsistent because you saw periods where certain guys stepped up primarily in the NCAA tournament. I mean, Carolina doesn't win the game over Baylor without Dontrez Styles. Nope. Carolina is not around to have a shot to win the national championship if you don't see Puff Johnson do what he did they would have gotten blown I mean just blown completely out in that second half so you saw some guys that sort of stepped their game up and showed they were capable of it but I think now the question is who can become those consistent guys who can be those guys that you know okay we can pencil in they're going to be there night in and night out for us off the bench because even you know one of the guys that we talked so much about last year, we talked about being a starter. Kerwin Walton didn't even fill that role at times last year. So that's the point that you're at with Carolina right now where there is that uncertainty. And, you know, this is the time of the year where you can really try to figure out how deep you, you can be and how deep you want to be. But I think something we actually have to ask ourselves – and we've heard Hubert talk about, you know, I I want to be deeper, but I don't determine that. That's a player-determined thing because he he claims he doesn't determine the minutes for the rotation, the way they, 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 they practice, the way they prepare, and the way they play determines all that. Look, Coach but, Speak. Look, Coach Speak. You, you know, and look, so Hubert Davis is a guy who had a successful college basketball career, spent a lot of time in the NBA, and really, a lot of a lot of his stuff that we saw last year, where it was his coaching, well, a lot of it was was NBA driven. It, it, it was some Coach Smith, come some some of it from Roy, but a lot of it was NBA type of stuff. And that's no big surprise because you brought Pat Sullivan, you know, in, into your program, who was in the NBA for eighteen years. So I think we actually have to ask ourselves: Does Hubert Davis want to play nine, ten deep? Or does he want to be a seven to eight uh, deep team or, or rotation, which is what you kind of see in the NBA? And here's why I think this is a legitimate question: because Roy Williams, no matter what, always played nine, ten, eleven guys in November and December. No mm-hmm. matter how tough the non-conference was, no matter what was going on, we didn't really see that last year. There was there was very few times Carolina, even in games that were blowouts, and there were some non-conference games that Carolina blew out the opponent, but his starters were still playing 32-plus minutes a night. And so I think it does lead us to believe that maybe deep down Hubert Davis wants to be a, a guy that plays seven to, eight, seven to eight players, which isn't uncommon. We've seen you know Duke kind of do that the last couple of years. 
you know, Kansas before last year because they were so deep. They were a seven eight man rotation. Same thing with Michigan State, Kentucky, and stuff like that. So maybe maybe Hubert Davis talks about wanting to be a, a nine, ten, eleven deep team, but maybe deep down he just wants to be a seven or eight man rotation type of team. I mean, it's possible. Um, the one thing that I will say is that group that you just listed off, not exactly the most successful in the tournament in large part because of what you just talked about, which is that they're only seven or eight deep. That's always been one of our criticisms with Duke, with Michigan State, with to a certain extent Kansas um, during the NCAA tournament over the last few years. And that's always been one of the things that when you make the case for Carolina that you throw out there. Um, I think I understand where you're coming from, and look, it makes sense because one of the th- what did he also tell us that he was going to take from? He wa- not only was going to take from Coach Smith, Coach Williams, he was going to take from Pat Riley, yep. who was his coach in the Don NBA, Nelson. Don Nelson. So those are guys that have that NBA philosophy and had a, a, a ton of success with that NBA philosophy. So yeah, maybe that is going to be an element, but I think. The other thing is, is that if you go back to last year, here's the thing. I already mentioned, you know, Dawson Garcia and Anthony Harris, guys that looked like they were going to be able to be counted on, and then they end up having to leave the team for different circumstances. You've got some young guys that showed flashes, but really were not able to string it together, even when they would be able to play consecutive games, three in a row, whatever. So who was that guy off the bench that, he didn't play enough. And I, I got to tell you, if people are going to answer this question, Kerwin Walton, I, I don't really know what to tell you. because there was too much of a defensive liability, he, and he wasn't shooting the ball efficiently enough to, to warrant him being on the court. Defensive liability, I told you he, he lost his confidence. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think that was the point that you just kind of got. So that's my thing. I get that mindset that maybe he does want to be more like a run his team more like an NBA team. That's very possible. But I think the other side of that argument is that he just didn't have the horses a year ago. This year is going to be different. So I think that's why it's so important to look at what happens this year. And the other thing is, is look, Roy had a completely different approach than Hubert is going to have. We know that. We know Hubert is going to combine all these approaches. And look, he is going to put some of his own thoughts into how he runs his team. He's not just going to say, well, did Coach Williams do this? Did Coach Man? No, if there's something he feels passionate about, he's probably going to trust himself and should trust himself to make that decision. So, you know, for Roy, yeah, he was a guy that would go deep. Roy was a guy that, look, he wasn't afraid to play blue squad members if you were playing that bad. <laughs> he wasn't afraid to do the line change. You don't ever, you don't see that. I, I don't even, maybe there are NBA teams that have done it at times. Dude, that's a 2K move. You don't ever pull, you rarely pull that out. But Roy did. There were times where he just said, look, man, five guys are playing like crap. I'm putting other guys in the game. So it was a different mindset. I don't think Hubert has that. And to me, it's okay. But I think this will be a deeper team that will have eight, nine guys consistently throughout the year because the talent's there. Well, you know, I think, so the first question I have to follow up, do we want to be a deeper team, a deeper program, is how do you achieve that? 
And the biggest thing is what you mentioned. You got to have the guys on the roster to do it. You lost Brady Manic, but I think we were all comfortable with that. You saw enough from Puff Johnson and Dontrez Styles to where if Hubert Davis would have sat back and said, "Okay, I'm going to insert one of those guys into the starting lineup," will be a little bit smaller, but will be a better defensive team. We probably would have been like. Okay. I mean, depending on who they brought in as a transfer, we thought that was a possibility. Remember when they were looking at Matthew Mayer, we were saying, could they bring Matthew Mayer off the bench because that's kind of the role that he played at Baylor? Yeah. And so, so, you know, but, and so as you mentioned, they go, they go into the portal, but they go get a guy like Pete Nance, a four year guy, 6'10. You know, not going to be as as prolific behind the three point line as probably Manic was a year ago, but you, you're really not going to interchange the, the way that you played. You know, from last year to this year. But with that, guess what? That automatically means Puff Johnson and Dontre Styles. They're coming off the bench again. So right now, you're already at seven. So, like I said, right there, you're already at seven deep. You you lose Anthony Harris, who went into the transfer portal. But you're you're you you know you've got Demarco Dunn, who is going from his freshman to sophomore season. That's when you see the biggest jump in in a college basketball player. So you could expect his role being bigger. You've got Justin McCoy, a guy that I think we all bought in and him having a big role last year because of his defensive ability. But as we saw time and time again, was a complete and utter offensive liability for Carolina mainly because he lacked the confidence to really shoot the ball or be strong with the ball. Now you're up to nine. Before you get to your recruiting class, where we just talked about Seth Trimble, Yep. you've heard Hubert Davis rave about Jalen Washington, but health's going to be a concern. You've got Will Shaver transferring in, or not transferring, he enrolled back in January, so he's got a head start on all three of the other freshmen coming in. And then you've got Tyler Nickel, a guy that we've been told all summer can fill can can fill the bucket up from anywhere on the court. That's invaluable in today's basketball, especially in this offense. So you just look at this roster from a talent perspective from this this time last year and this time this year. It's it's there, there's more natural talent mm-hmm. and there's a lot more just natural depth that does exist because you you did certain things via the portal and via recruiting. So you know you, you're already naturally deeper that brings us to the question of what players outside of puff and Dontre styles because we saw those two play big roles for carolina as you mentioned you don't beat baylor without Dontre styles you're not on the brink of a national title without puff johnson but outside of those two guys who do we trust the most to step up and contribute off the bench this season for carolina that's a good question i mean thank you First, first of all, I think you do need to see more consistency from both Puff and Dontrez, especially Dontrez. I feel more confident in Puff. Now, the thing with Puff that we have not talked about is, remember, the biggest issue for him in the first year and a half of his career was the fact that he couldn't stay healthy. So that is still a factor that has to be monitored, and it's why you need some of these other guys to step up. The most confident, who man, that's tough. I mean, first of all, it's going to be really tough to not say Seth Trimble, right? We just did an entire podcast on him, so I think I think that's <laughs> got to be pretty close. Um, I think from an offensive standpoint, he's probably the guy that I feel most confident in. 
which is probably shocking to some people considering that he's a true freshman. But, I mean, this dude this dude has all of the capabilities of being able to fill it up at a high rate. Yeah. Um, in terms of defense... It's got to be Justin McCoy, right? Yeah, I would say that. I would say that, although I do think that there is something there with DeMarco Dunn, and I think there is something to be said about that second-year jump for, you say, college guards. I think it's also really Carolina guards. We've seen that in the past. I think also the fact that he can play both point and uh, and two guard I think will definitely help him as well. Um so I mean, if I had to say, I would I would say Carolina. The, the thing that they lacked at times last year was that you know once Dawson Garcia left, because there was a time where remember Brady Manick was coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Yes, folks, that was that was a real thing. Feels like two years ago. Seriously, but they they really lacked that volume score that 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 hot plate. That guy that could just all of a sudden come Hot off. Plate? I I micro I, I didn't want to say microwave, but just the guy that could literally come off the bench and be raging hot shooting wise. And that's the type of guy that you're that I think you want the most and you need the most. And I think that's Seth Trimble. I think that's the guy that you're looking at right now and you're saying, I think that is the eighth guy. For Carolina, I, I that that's who I would go with right now. But I will say this: I really think that Demarco Dunn can bring something. So I think there's probably, if I had to say, I think there's nine guys that I know of for sure. And the other guy that I'm keeping my eye on, because I'm I'm just I want to believe Jalen Washington can be that guy, and I think he's going to get the chance. I'm just so concerned about his health. I would not sleep on Tyler Nickel. There is a value to being able to fill it up, and that's what we've heard about from Tyler Nickel. So really, honestly, don't sleep on any of the freshmen. I think Shaver, Shaver's a guy that's going to take time. We knew that when he was originally committing to the class. We knew that even more when he enrolled early, and we heard some of the stuff about him on campus. Not not anything bad about his play or about him, you know, on campus being a young guy. It's just this is a guy that is a three-star. He is raw. There is a lot of work that has to be done to get him to be a contributor for this team. So I think, I mean, there could be 10, possibly 11, but I think that, well, first of all, they will not play 11 into March, that would no, that that no. will be they'll, thinned they'll down for be sure. Eight at the max, nine odd. Yeah, no doubt imagine. about it. But I think that there, that's the most interesting part to me is that there are eleven guys that I think have a legitimate shot to be key contributors. When it comes to Justin McCoy, he's almost got to do something to validate. Remember how aggressive Carolina was in going to get him after he entered the portal? Yes, like that was that that was a name that he entered the portal. And it was, I mean, Hubert Davis didn't have a staff yet. It wasn't finalized, and he was as big a priority on the on the on the on the recruiting trail, of the portal, just as important as Manic was, and Dawson Garcia. Well, yes, but I think part of the reason why was because they wanted to make sure that they at least had something 
in place. Because, I mean, they look, they knew— Well, he was also a kid that they recruited very hard. He just went to Virginia over Right, Carolina. right. I think that played a factor, too, a guy from the home state. So I think that was something that—it uh, definitely played a factor. But my thing with it is, is that— this might have been a guy that kind of fit what Virginia wanted to do perfectly, just not perfect enough for them. This is a guy that is going to be a high-end defender, or at least they thought, and I think he's a solid defender, but he's a guy that is really does not bring you a lot offensively. And I just think, I mean, you look, I, like I'm a guy that's confident in Tyler Nickel. If Tyler Nickel is going to play a lot, I don't think Justin McCoy is because he's because Tyler Nichols a wing, well, and so is McCoy. And so what I'll say is that because I'm with you, I, I I think Seth Trimble could be the face of of this bench, and and that's considering what Styles meant to this team and, and same for Puff Ooh, Johnson. Man, the way that he plays is going to be eye grabbing. You're going to want to see him because he is flashy, he is aggressive. I cannot wait to see you TV coach this dude. Because you've already locked it. This is this is one of your guys. So you are gonna ride this dude all. Se- he better he better come out and be just dropping in threes. That's like that's it's nothing. That's 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 the whole. Oh, but five, when, but the see, whole bench and the blue squad. See, I know how this works. When you get a guy, you are extremely hard on that guy. You're hard on everybody. As the armchair, what the armchair three guard. But uh, oh no, I I just armchair coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's oh, just no, call but, it what but, it is. But you can't say that because like you don't say armchair, armchair football coach. You say armchair quarterback. So no, just, armchair ar- two guard, armchair, armchair assistant, armchair point guard. I like armchair point guard. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. But you will, I I I know you will be extremely hard on Seth Trimble and how he plays early in the season. But and so you know, I think he'll. I think he's going to be the face of the bench unit. I think Puff Johnson, his his game's got to grow on the offensive end. I think Dontrez Styles. It's more about he's got the body. Like he looks like a college basketball player. It's just really you know learning how to play at the college level. I think one of the things for him is confidence. Yeah, shooting wise, I think that was one of the things that it just it didn't go his way early on last year. I think he's a guy that if he can get in a shooting rhythm, he'll be fine. And same thing with Puff, because we've talked about Puff being one of those guys that has he has all the tools. He Let's looks, go back to that, that game at NC State. Yeah, he looks like – I mean, he's a guy that can fill it up. He's more than capable of that. I just think for him, the key is, you know, can he get in a rhythm? And the other thing that he's got to do is, man, do not worry about these comparisons to Cam in terms of being a shooter. Just, dude, just be you. You are not going to shoot. If you want to shoot 48%, please do. But not many are going to shoot 48%. Just come out and be your own guy offensively. Yeah, be pumped because you've got better hair and a better nickname. Because we know you're capable. Whoa. Wow. That was good, wasn't it? Wow. I'm not wrong. No, uh, does he have better hair than him? Have though? you seen it, dude? Have How about now? No, I'm telling you, though. Look at the look at the fro that Cam has now. Not college Cam. Carolina Cam wasn't growing the fro out yet. Now... That's a fro, baby. That's a lot. That's a lot of lettuce. I, I I would still go with Puff. So you know, so I'm looking at I'm looking at Tremble, Puff, Styles. Um, I'm not done believing that Demarco Dunn's gonna be a big time player because Hubert Davis still believes he's gonna be a big time player. I don't think but effort I'm, is his problem. I just wonder. Last year he was too small. I felt like like he like his body. 
Yeah, like, he was. He, he was he, a small he frame. Overmatched. Kid. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And being in the weight room will help him. I think the other thing with him, though, that you wonder is, will he get passed over? by some of these other talented guards. That would be the only other concern that I have for him, but I think defensively he's going to be ahead of these freshmen, and that that could be his calling card. Um, and, and one last guy before we move on to, to my last and final question. I'm cautiously optimistic about Will Shaver because he's been here <laughs> since January, so he's been in the weight room. He knows the sets. He knows everything he wants to do, and even though he did you know, finish up as a three-star Everyone had said had he not enrolled early, he would have probably finished as a four-star recruit. But I think he has that chip on his shoulder. And even though he technically didn't play, he was a part of a team. That he was he was on the bench the night the team lost in the national title game. Yep. So he enters with a different level of hunger than the other freshmen. That's a good point. And I think he's ready to to work and prove. And he's going to be a guy that we'll probably all love. Because he'll be the guy banging in the post. He'll be the guy doing all the dirty work. And you already have that in your starting lineup. You have a guy like that coming off the bench also doing that same thing. That's really infectious and really permeates. It could be a really big part of really just how deep this team goes. Well, with Pete Nance, really quickly, with Pete Nance being on the roster, I don't think you necessarily need him to be your backup five where it looked like before Pete Nance, you would probably need him to be your guy. Most definitely. So, with that pressure off, I think the role that you could see him eventually settle into, and Carolina will need to get other guys in there, too, but he could be somebody like Joel James, who I don't... Nobody is ever going to look at him and say, man, he was an unreal player. But he just, whenever he was on the court, he was just a hustle player that was able to get on the glass, bang down low, and I, I think he is more than capable of being that type of guy. So now this leads us to the opposite end of the spectrum, where in a, in a different world, Carolina can expand their rotation for whatever situation, whether it's it's health, academics, or maybe we just start to read in between the lines and maybe we start to learn that Huber Davis doesn't want to be a team that plays 9 or 10 deep. If they can expand their rotation – does that change their national title expectations? No. No, I don't I don't think so because I think that you return the, the the group, the core group from last year. And look, I mean those guys got all the way to a title while running six and and, and look, what is not expanding the bench? Six or set or, or seven like or like so you're saying that maybe only one of Puff and Dontrez emerge and then so you got I'm, the starters? Uh, I think the baseline, if Carolina can't play more than eight guys, I I don't know if they can get all the way back and get the job done because you you, you barely survived. Well, get it, okay, getting the job done, I think, would be the question there. Although I will say this. That was my question. Well, no, but I will I, I <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily say no just because the team was there a year ago. So even, let's say that, they only have seven. I'll say seven guys because I would be stunned if they if they don't have at least seven. But even if they let's say they don't, let's say there's an injury or something and they're down to six at some point. I think that Hubert has been through it now to where he will at least understand how to manage the guys better than mm-hmm. a year ago. That's a good point. So that's why I think. I would I would say no it does not change the expectations. And again, I think 
when it when it comes to the expectations, these are the expectations that these guys have for themselves. The expectations for these guys that came back are, hey, we're here to win a title. We were on the doorstep of one last year. Yep. You don't have any. Well, like, what would your other goals be? Like, you want to get back there and you want to complete the deal. So, no, I, I don't think that's necessarily the case. Um, but I would, I'm with you. I would be stunned if this is not at least a seven, probably eight man rotation this year. I, w- I would just be absolutely shocked. Yeah. And that's, that's what I was going to finish up by saying. I think they've got to be able to go eight deep. And, and, and if that eight person is Seth Trimble, Justin McCoy, whoever it is, because you, you, you barely, you barely got through Baylor because of depth, because of depth issues. And then, you know, you, you just, you just go back and you look at that second half the fact that Kansas was vir- was basically able every time there was a dead ball in the second half they were able to substitute a fresher body that just wore Carolina down and as I've said all summer long and this is going to probably be like my 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 season mantra you can get to the national title game with six you can't win it with six you can win it with eight and, and so as oh, long, yeah. so as I long, think I think you can win it with seven. So so as long as I think is is as another guy emerges alongside Puff and Dontrez Styles, then yeah. But but if we're talking about a team that we're entering the NCAA tournament playing six, maybe seven guys at the max, like it, it's going to be really hard to say. Yeah, we could see them getting all the way back there because we 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 saw how tough it was. You know to what? Get there. Save that audio because when they get the, if they have seven and they get there as a one seed, you will say they will make the title game. <laughs> I look, I get what you're saying. I to me, I would not say it is impossible because look at you. You said it earlier. Look at some of the teams that have taken that NBA approach before. Duke. I mean, even look at Duke. Duke's team last year. That team made the Final Four and they weren't particularly deep. Um. I mean, Kentucky's made runs before. That's that's really a poor example at this point. Um, but I, I mean, look, it is it is possible, especially with the level of starters that Carolina has. The thing that would would have to happen in turn is you would have to have. Remember, we we did our we did our podcast about what you need to see from Caleb Love and R.J. Davis. Well, they'd have to achieve every one of those that yeah. we talked about. Well, everybody had like even Armando Baycott. Would have oh, to he take would have to be to another level. He would have to have a double double in every single game of the season. No, I'm just kidding. That's that's a little unrealistic. But like that's one of my ball predictions. You would you would need you would need Pete Nance to pretty much be exactly what Brady Manick was a year ago, which is a lot to ask because, man, Brady Manick in the tournament was unreal. And honestly, you would need Leaky Black to, to be an offensive player. Yeah, you need him to step up and produce. So it's the road is there, and I think it's possible, but it, it is going to make things so much easier if, if you deeper. can find those guys. Yes, no doubt. And, and, and so I think that's something that You've got six weeks to prepare for the start of the season. Hopefully when we see this team take the court November 7th at 9 o'clock against UNC Wilmington, we see a team that is capable of playing. You know, hopefully in November and December they're playing 10-11 guys. Well, UNC Wilmington, I want to see uh, I want to see 15. Yeah, you know, but, be, <laughs> but hopefully we can see that when the season starts 
that even when it's time to trim the to, to, to trim the rotation, we're trimming to eight or nine. So that's going to wrap up that discussion. We're going to take a quick break. We'll get you the latest ad from DraftKings. Then we come back. Some closing notes before we get out of this edition of the Four Corners Podcast. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdown, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough... Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Really hope you guys have been taking great advantage of all the great offers I've been giving you on the four corners side of things. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough blog podcast as well. Mentioned some closing notes at the beginning of the show. Live action with Carolina basketball was originally scheduled for Friday, September 30th. That has been moved back to next Friday, October 7th. This was really just a a, a cautionary measure by the program um, with Hurricane Ian making its way through the southeast. It's going to be in the Carolinas you know, sometime on Friday going into Saturday and over the weekend. And with the state in a state of emergency, you know, you can see why they did that. So if you need any more information, it's still going to be the same time as it was. It's just going to be moved back one week. Find out all the information at GoHeels.com. Did you did you pick up on the sarcasm of my voice? Here we go. About the UNC Wilmington game starting at nine o'clock. No. Okay. Is that a th- is yes? And, and so oh, I did not realize yeah, that was one of the nine o'clock yeah, games. Game oh times my. and networks for the 2022-23 season. They were announced earlier this week. Carolina has six games that start at 9 p.m. or later. Yeah, they hate they hate us. They've also got it's either an 11 a.m. or an 11:30 a.m. tip. What? Um, and the and both do. I games did, I gotta admit, start at not six, oh. but 6:30. Yeah, yeah, they've um, been doing they've been doing the the weird. I gotta tell you, college football's done it a little bit, but it's still relatively the same. The odd primetime spots that college basketball tries to move around to. It's just, that drives me insane. Pick a time and stick to it, please. So you can find all those full times and networks over at GoHeels.com. I just hope you're prepared for November 7th for an 11 p.m. pod. Nope. First game That's of the season. Happening. We're going to be first hot. game. First pot, game of the season. Hot after dark, baby. First game of the season going to be calling an audible <laughs> to Ashton. What does he got to worry about? Is he only 13? Um, no, I'm just kidding. And lastly, the basketball team has a new member, and his last name is very familiar. What an epic pause that was. And that would be – and he has, a, he has just a great first name. 
Bo May, the younger brother of UNC basketball legend Luke May. Yeah. And the younger brother of current, we'll call him UNC football legend, Drake May, has joined the team as a walk-on. There we go. In addition to also continuing the May legacy in Chapel Hill. Yep. He's also going to wear number 40, which is the same number Hubert Davis wore during his playing days at Chapel Hill. Yeah, a lot of interesting things there. Uh, first of all, yeah, Bo, what an outstanding name. Also, and it's spelled B-E-A-U. That's how you know your son is a stud. Like, you didn't go like B-O. You went with like the... Well, but isn't most of the time when it's B- when it's BO. Speaking of BO, I think I smell you over here. Uh usually isn't that short for something? Well, I mean, it's just Bo. I mean, it's still like there's very well. I sometimes guess sometimes you got a Jimbo. I guess you got Bo. In your case, Dumbo. You got Bo Nix. Bo Nix. Bo Cephas. Speaking of speaking of Dumbo, uh Bo Cephas. Um. Yeah, no. I mean, what a what a clutch name that that really fits. That, that it fits. They have an extremely strong Southern accent. If you have ever heard Mark May, I remember I had a phone call with him a couple of years ago. I forget what it was about, and uh, I mean, whew, this is a thick Southern accent. Um, but it's it's great. I mean, look, we we that that family is just. Amazing. I mean, these dudes, they, they are Tar Heels through and through. Um, unfortunately, Cole May, why did you go to Florida? What did you get out of it? Oh, the national championship. National yeah. title, yeah. You know what? I, I think that was the right move. But no, seriously, it's it's great for him to be on the roster. Um, I think a lot of people are excited. I think the thing, look, got to temper expectations. This is not a guy that's going to play a lot. Well, he's like, a walk-on. Well, I mean, this is what I know what they are going to go to. Well, Luke was nearly a walk-on. Remember that story? Walk-on. Remember, remember that story. So I, I, I get it. Also, a junior, so he's a guy that's only going to be there for a couple years. And the question that everybody is asking: He's wearing forty, which is cool because it, you know, it, it is Hubert's old number. Why is he not wearing thirty-two? Pete Nance is wearing 32. Yeah. So that's the reason why. If Pete Nance wasn't wearing 32, he probably would wear 32. But that's the reason why. Also, why couldn't he wear his dad's number, 14? Um, Puff Johnson has that. Yep. So. With that, guys, that is going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. But we do encourage you guys to head over to the website, HeelToughBlog.com. Big weekend for Carolina football. Anthony will have you covered previewing the matchup with the Virginia Tech Hokies. That kicks off Saturday at 3.30 on ACC Network. Following that, we'll have you covered with the recap, stock report, Ashton's analysis, and, of course, my trigger report. As for the basketball uh, side of things, you'll start to see some of these podcast topics we've done also come out in the writing format as we are entering the preseason mode of basketball season. As for the podcast, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, you can just simply search the Four Corners podcast and we will pop up. You can rate and review the podcast. Give us some feedback on what you like that we're doing, areas that we can improve. But most importantly, guys, we do encourage you guys to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any of our preseason editions I'll be having on all my big-time guests. We'll be doing bold predictions and, and, and stuff like that. Well, then once the season gets here, as best as our work schedule allows, 
individual game previews and recaps coming your way. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any of the content during what we hope to be a fun and exciting 2022-23 basketball season. With that, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. The Four Corners Podcast is a proud member of the Basketball Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at HoopsPodNet or visit our website, www.thebasketballpodcastnetwork.com to find the best basketball podcast.